All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca Podcast episode. Brand new guest today, Ashley Baumgartner. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Uh, we were just kind of freely chatting before I hit the record yes. button. Um, fellow podcaster and obvious conversationalist, I think we're going to have a lot of fun today, but you're also a photographer. Yes, we and yes. we're going to be talking about client experience, uh, more specifically helping things. clients feel comfortable in front of the camera, right? Yes, definitely. One of my favorite things. Thanks so much for having me here today. I'm, I'm glad to have you here. We're just going to jump right in because we have a, a really good. fun topic to get to here in just a bit. But as we normally do here at the podcast, a few questions that I usually ask my guests that come on. The first one having to do with client experience. We're going to be talking about comfort level in front of the camera in a bit. But mm-hmm. is there another principle, big idea that has enabled you to provide a really great customer experience for your clients? Yeah, I am just really big on uplifting communication. I think having a like an extra positive spin is so important when working with clients. Is that like extra um, emojis on the end of a text or something like that? I mean, if it's like an Instagram story reply, maybe. Okay, but, okay. Um, yeah, actually, I am a huge email person. And I am one of those people where I think your email needs to be so fluffy. I like to call them fluffy emails. Yes, yes. Um, And it's one of those things that I think a lot of people skip over um, mm. in the sake of time or just in the sake of that's not how they were trained to write an email, whether that's the corporate world they were in at one point or anything like that. So my goal is always to leave them with something, kind of like a positive sandwich almost, you know, you hear like the compliment (laughs) or like the constructive criticism sandwich. So like I, it goes so far to start your email with like, I hope you're having a great week or I hope your day is great. Like most people just jump straight to the thing that they need or the thing they want to discuss. And like literally those sentences make such a difference. And so I do that in every type of communication, whether that's a text to the client, an email, um, information I'm sending them, even just like scheduling appointment related things. And I think that that just goes a long way in the customer service world. I 100% (laughs) agree. I'm enough of a dork that not only do I do very similar things to what you're talking about, but I, I will... Um, like even when I'm writing a text message, if it has uh-huh. a happy feel to it, I, you literally like if somebody was watching me send a text message, they see me start to smile. Yeah. It's almost like I'm trying to to like imbue this this emotion, this deep emotion into the text message that I'm yes. sending. So it comes across more genuine or something. You know, it's it's a funny thing. Yeah. But I've done this very thing with my customer service team for years now. We talk about um, the the feel that you mm-hmm. portray through the emails because it really you're right it can make an absolute difference to that person's day if you don't just jump right in uber formal uptight mm-hmm. kind of uh, professional in air quotes mm-hmm. that you do make it a little bit more personal you actually feel like you're talking to another human being that actually cares yes yeah I am totally that person that reads into everything way too much <laughs> so too. like when you get those text messages where yeah. someone just uses a period every sentence and you're like are they mad at me did I do something wrong yeah. like why are we not on good terms are they depressed yeah like, yes what? are they upset should I be upset like so <laughs> I want to take into account that I might have clients like that <laughs> so um they're gonna know I'm happy they're gonna know I'm positive they're yeah. gonna know I think everything relating to their session or their wedding is happy and positive mm-hmm. Um, I have to go back through and take out exclamation marks because Same. I tend to end every We're sentence twins. with yes. that. Yes, I get it. Um, so I have to dial back the enthusiasm occasionally. But we actually I literally, think- I mean, it's so funny that you're talking about this because it's so, it's so similar. I actually went, I had to go back to my team um, just not very really- not very long ago, actually. And I was like, you know what, we're gonna have to cut back a little bit on the exclamation points. (laughs) Because I had tried to communicate this idea of expressing emotion through the emails. Uh 
so much and they'd seen me use exclamation point so much that it became a thing. And I was like, okay, we have to cut back just a little bit in the copy yes. in the email or the copy on the website. Like we can't use so many exclamation points. That's, that's yeah. great. I totally get yeah. you. And I, I think, I think our tendency to read into emails or text messages or whatever problematic though it may be, um, it at least makes us more empathetic to the experience that the person on the other side has. And, you know, yes. empathy really is everything. I think if if it if this desire for a positivity, it might come off trite to some people, but those people may not be making a genuine effort. Like if it actually comes from our heart, I think even something like a text message or an email can be felt um, in one for, one way or another uh, if the person's open to it anyway. And I, I think it's a great way to start this conversation. I, yeah, yeah, I'm a huge fan already, Ashley. <laughs> um, let's keep going. Let's talk about brand position because you are a wedding photographer. Yes. And um, and in a pretty crowded market too. I mean, Sacramento Bay Area. Yes. So, how do you create distinction for yourself uh, amidst that that kind of large mass of photographers? What is your brand position? Yeah. So I kind of like to think that I'm slowly building my own little niche here. Okay. But um, I my goal is to capture very joyful, timeless images through my for my clients. So the intersection of the really happy giggly, joyful photos, but on in the more timeless, beautiful, artistic way. So mm. I do shoot film. And so I'm trying to merge those two together with a little bit of flair of I am a big color lover. Okay. Um, and so I am doing as much as I can to attract those really colorful brides. And yeah. it's getting to that point where I am getting brides who are loving that, which I love. So my goal, yeah, is just to really create and craft really joyful and timeless photos um, with an attention to detail. And that comes into play of, I actually entered the industry as a wedding calligrapher. So that's actually how I started my business. Still do a little calligraphy, but okay. I really feel like that's helped me hone my attention to detail in terms of whether that's flat lace styling, just details and little intricate moments at a session or throughout the wedding day as well. So I'm curious about this because this is something that I've actually discussed on the podcast, um, particularly in brand brand position consultations that, that I do. Mm -hmm. Joyful. Uh, first of all, to, to be very clear, the idea that you're speaking about the I, this topic of joy or speaking to it, the significance of it in relation to your photography, knowing you and, and you know having a conversation with you, even just for a few minutes, I'm like, oh my word, that's totally Ashley. That makes sense. <laughs> yes. Try to stay true to self. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I am curious if you have a perspective on this, using the word joyful has become a really popular thing on photographers' websites for whatever reason. It is a buzzword now. <laughs> and I don't know what, it, can you explain that? I don't know what it's about. Like, you know, because a brand position statement, for example, um, one of the ways to look at it is, okay, if I'm, if I stand for something, then that means I stand against something, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, if, if I am a photographer that photographs joyful weddings, mm -hmm. then I would be suggesting that there are weddings out there that are not joyful. Um, so when, when a photographer talks about this, what do you think, like, where, where does this popularity of this word come from? Yeah, I know. It's funny you said that. It has really become a buzzword in the industry lately, which is like, you know, you want to like toot your own horn and be like, I was saying it before. <laughs> <But> <laughs> of, course, of course. But at the end of the day, like I explained it to my couples um, during our consultations that I will capture one, I want to capture the true joy of the day. So that is where my focus on my focus is to capture the emotion of the people around you. And nine yeah. out of 10 times, that's going to be joy, hopefully. hopefully yeah. <laughs> and second is that I am not going to as a photographer, you help construct moments throughout the day, right? You help sure. prompt you help um, facilitate things to happen, whether that's a first look or just like 
giving them a moment as husband and wife, your bridesmaids, your groomsmen. Mm -hmm. I tell my couples joyful because those are the moments I want to help them create and then create a photograph around that. Um, Because there are photographers who their whole thing is they want the really romantic, intimate moments. And I tell my couples, you'll still have a little bit of that or they have their really like artistic in terms of like Almost like a magazine shoot kind of. Yes, a mag- I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. something very like um, editorial. In, yeah. And again, I, I love the editorial look as a film photographer too. And I think there's a time and a place. But on a wedding day, I'm there to really capture the main emotion, which deep in my heart, I'm hoping is joy. So I am there to help them construct situations so we get the photographs that capture that emotion. And that I'm not prompting them to do a lot of really serious things, really moody things, really emotional things, really um, like their bridesmaids and their groomsmen. Like I want them, those photos to exude joy as well, because those people are so joyful to be there for their best friend or their sister or their brother or anything like that, too. So that's at least why I stay joyful. I I can't necessarily speak to the market as a whole in that aspect, but I was just so curious because I just seen that that word popping up so much. And I don't know if there was a. Um, you know, like a so-called celebrity photographer at some point in the last three yeah, or four years that started using that. And so everybody's like, oh, I need to use that word too. Again, in, in my mind, like I get a chance to, to connect with you and I'm like, oh my word. Yeah, totally joyful. Like playing on that idea in some way makes sense as a reflection of your personality. I guess the only caveat would be if there are like five other photographers also saying the same thing in the market, yes, it'd be a bit of true. a challenge, but, um, but it makes sense. It's a, it is an actual reflection of you. Whereas it seems like the other photographers in some cases maybe are just doing it because it's the thing to say or because mm-hmm. so-and-so did it. And so they're just kind of yeah. copying and pasting. I'm not sure. I know thinking back, I was like thinking back, you know, who I think has, and they're amazing photographers and I've taken all their courses is yeah. Amy and Jordan. Yeah. And like you look yeah, at yeah, Amy yeah. and it is joy. Like you, she is just a joyful person. Just I like wish I could be that joyful the all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, but thinking back, I think in their course, they talk about their brand words okay. and kind of, and I feel like joyful. I'll have to look back. Ah. I think joyful is one of them and so I know they have just really blown up in the sense of education and having so many community like photographer communities they've reached and so yep. that that could be a route <laughs> that's and, and whether that's the case or not it also brings up a really good point when it comes to brand position which is like look at look at other successful photographers Amy and Jordan have done really well for themselves on multiple levels look at what they are doing and learn from them, but just mm-hmm. make sure not to copy and paste because mm-hmm. it's, you see photographers doing that. They're like, Oh, I, you know, I like so-and-so. And so you just kind of see, I mean, their website becomes some version of that photographer's website. Yes, and definitely. that's not helping you build a business as effectively as you could. Uh, in contrast, looking at the local market, seeing what other photographers are saying, and then going a different direction for the mm-hmm. sake of distinction is a, a much better way to go about creating a brand that's going to actually draw in a very specific clientele and enable you to build a business more efficiently. Mm-hmm. So um, and this has been fun. I, I appreciate your perspective yeah. too. <laughs> and I want to keep going though. Talk yes. to me about time. I mean, I know that being a business owner, you're married as well, like juggling all the things. And then of course, relationships with other family and friends, it can yeah. be a lot at times. How do you effectively manage all of that and still have time for yourself for the important relationships in your life? You know, I will say probably up until about a year ago, I was really bad at it. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> um, and I won't say I'm great at it now. <laughs> um, but I just did a lot of little changes is really the best answer for that. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I know everyone talks about it, but batching is a really huge thing of just um, being 
ultra focused on one task and not, you know, airplane taking off, airplane coming back down, not having to refocus constantly. Yep. Yep. I am one of those people, my notifications are turned off on my phone. I get text notifications, but I don't get any other notifications that pop up on my screen at any time because I am totally distractible. <laughs> I will say that. But I, 99% of us are. And it's yes. so, like kudos to you for doing that. More of us need to take that that cue because I, I think it's such a it's so much more a healthy way to exist. Yeah. I am also that person like I get up and I get ready in the morning even though we're sheltering in place now like I'm still up and showered. My husband's a teacher, so he has a very rigid schedule until now, but um he had a very rigid schedule mm-hmm. and so we are get up, get ready for the day, really helps you get moving kind of person. And then I actually worked with a coach last year, um, kind of, I don't want to say life coach. It's not, I, she calls herself a self-care coach, Okay. but really she has just instilled a lot of those properties and a few other things into me of just like, we can't continue to pour out our cup if we don't fill our own. So just really encouraging. I, I used to try to block like one day off a week on my calendar to take time off and rest. Like I don't, I don't do sessions on Sundays anymore because Mm -hmm. if I had a wedding, I am just not the best version of myself that following day. Um, and need to see my husband if he's at teaching all week and he's a first year teacher. So he's in his classroom until 8 PM most nights. So um, really having that dedicated time of just having better boundaries is probably the best overarching answer of saying no when you can and or just saying not right now when you can and just putting like kind of hard and fast rules in there like no notifications no um you know getting ready for the day no, yes getting ready for the day no <laughs> sessions on Sundays yeah. um things like that no that's good and, and really a lot of the times it does come back to the basics we just need to actually mm-hmm. do them right mm-hmm. like we, we kind of yes. know the things that we should be doing we don't necessarily do them it's actually doing them and doing them consistently too even if it's yes. small things it makes it really does make a big difference just a little bit of context too for anybody who may be listening to this in a month or six months or a year from mm-hmm. now or whenever it might be um, Ashley mentioned the, the shelter in place of course we're dealing at the moment with the fallout from the coronavirus and mm-hmm. many if not most at this point are spending the majority of their time at home. And so, yeah, the the way that we manage time has probably shifted even just slightly, if not dramatically in some cases. (laughs) Trying Uh, to figure out the new normal, but you know, we're doing it. (laughs) But I love the fact that that even through that, you're, for the most part, anyway, you're, like you said, you're getting up in the morning, you're starting Mm -hmm. off the day and there is something about consistency and, Mm -hmm. and rhythm and Mm -hmm. kind of following through on those habits that really does make a big difference. It it can be encouraging, even kind of invigorating as well. So that's Mm -hmm. a great recommendation. Um, let's, let's talk about, I mean, speaking of time management, we talk a lot about the idea of delegation or outsourcing here on the podcast. What does that look like for you? Or have you experimented with that in your businesses? Yeah, I will say if you can do it, (laughs) it is game changing. So I do outsource my editing. I am kind of an anti-photographer in the way of like, if I could take a photo and never touch it again, I would be so happy. <laughs> yes, I can um, relate. Editing, <laughs> ed- calling, editing, file backing up. Yeah. None of that is like my expertise or I love the business side of being a photographer more than the photography side. Yeah. Um, and so I just, yeah, once I started out, I've been outsourcing my editing for a year and a half and it has just been so much nicer. I love that. And then I outsource like my taxes, anything that I know someone is better trained at than I am, or I don't have a desire to learn, I will try to do it. (laughs) And taxes was another one where I was like, I would rather not mess that up because it's not fun when you do. 
from past experience. And um, I will say too, like I, in my business, my photography business, I outsource, like I like to call it outsourcing, but outsource to apps per se. So yeah. like I use Planoly. I mm-hmm. try to plan a week at a time. I use Tailwind for Pinterest. Yeah. I have Dubsado to handle workflows and email, you know. Automation, um, right? Yes, automation yeah. as much as I, I'm still diving even more into that, but yeah. as much as I have in the past. And then um, something we're going to talk about is I'm in the process of launching a podcast. Um, and so we are out with with another photographer um, and we are outsourcing the podcast editing, the show notes, the mixing of the musical intros and outros. And yep. although we have time, quote unquote, right now, it is just not our area of expertise. And we know that. And I want to respect that and not add extra stress to our lives if we don't need to. So just really finding ways to do that. I know though, just outsourcing the editing was by far the biggest time saver and just release saver. Mm -hmm. I internalize a lot of my stress. So if I'm thinking that I have a wedding due, I can't focus on a lot of other things, even if that's what I need to be focusing on. So just knowing it's in someone that I really trust hands to do my work justice has just been such a relief. Well, and part of it is expertise. I think the other part that, that can't be um, missed is what we could be doing with that time mm-hmm. that would better serve our business. Um, yes. And I know that this is not necessarily a new concept, maybe to at least some of our listeners, but the reality is I think most photographers still don't actually apply it consistently, right? Mm-hmm. I understand, like I even enjoy editing. Um, it, it's fun to apply a Lightroom preset to an image and yes. see it change and then <laughs> tweak it and adjust it and make it look really cool. Like I get that, but then what could I be doing with my time? And and you know what? In fact, do a little bit of it for fun. That's great if you enjoy it. But the majority of it, whether it's editing or album design or accounting work or any of these other things, if you can hand those over to somebody else who can do, you know, even 85 or 90% Mm -hmm. what you do so that you can focus your time on the brand and ultimately building that brand, then you absolutely should be delegating or outsourcing that work elsewhere. So true. Um, so yeah, expertise is important, but it's also important to consider how we're best spending our time for the sake of our business. And I think that's really great. I mean, you're doing that, even the podcast, like you said, you have time right now, you could be editing it, but instead mm-hmm. you can work on finishing out the website or, yeah. um, you know, marketing it or marketing or, or doing yeah. interviews or whatever it might be, but you can actually work on producing the brand versus having to do the busy work behind the scenes. Yeah, I will say a lot of what we just talked about too with time management is like those boundaries have been very eye-opening this year Mm -hmm. of like, I'm saying no so I can do something else in that same time to whatever I'm saying no to and that other thing could bring so much more value either in the short term or in the long term, which is I'm not an, I am definitely an instant gratification person. So thinking (laughs) longer term is a little bit harder for me, but just thinking like what is going to better serve my business, my clients, my mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. all of those things. And that's not me up at 2 a.m. trying to edit photos that I'll probably need to re-edit tomorrow because the lighting was terrible at 2 a.m. and I was tired and um, all of that. So very grateful for the things we have been able to outsource so far. That's great. Well, and I, I think you kind of summed that up brilliantly. What is, um, let, let's talk about inspiration. Um, this yeah. is kind of a, a, a catchphrase, or not a phrase, but really kind of almost a cliche word these days. But the reality is, I think it, it's nice for all of us in some way to find inspiration, encouragement, maybe education mm-hmm. uh, through various sources. And I think, ideally, not just in the photography industry. So do you find mm-hmm. inspiration through other sources outside of our, our kind of bubble that we live in? Yeah, I've, I definitely have a few. Um, I won't say I'm someone that's like 
super artistically inspired by anything specifically, but I have always, I was this nerdy middle schooler that actually loved weddings, like, and had a Martha Stewart subscription magazine, oh, wow. like, okay. subscription in, like, the sixth grade. So I have had this deep, deep love for bridal fashion, mm. which is not something I've really leaned into until about this year recently. Okay. But I, so I actually draw, and I'm not looking, like, necessarily at the photography when I'm looking for it. I'm just looking at, like, the art, the creation that, like, the fashion, you know, the fashion designer created. Um, so that's been a big one. And then also because I came from calligraphy, I have just like always drawn a lot of inspiration from the beautiful art that a lot of the um, amazing wedding stationers and artists, you know, whether it's a watercolor artist or anything like that has created for weddings. So in weddings, that's in that world, that's kind of where I draw some of my inspiration. And then outside of it is I also have had the pleasure of being in a mastermind the last two and a half years okay. with five local ladies who none of them are in the wedding or photography or anything like that industries. They're all in very different industries. And that has been incredibly inspiring just to learn how other people run their businesses, okay. what they yeah. go through, mm-hmm. what's happening in their industry. Um, so learning from them, because I think I, I mentioned earlier, I love the business side of running a business. Yeah. That's actually my favorite part yeah. besides my clients um, <laughs> who are amazing. And I, so I love like business books. I love all of that. I'm more interested in that than like, I mean, I do a lot of photography education too, just because I want to stay on my game and up to date on what's working in our industry. But I just love the business side. So business podcasts, business books, business like the business mastermind I've been in has just been so valuable as well and inspiring me to grow and expand and change up my business when things get a little stale too <laughs> well and really with that that mastermind in particular we're talking about expanding perspective by getting other mm-hmm. people's take on uh, something yes. that isn't just visual right and yes. perspective really is everything I mean what I what I've been able to gain personally just as an individual in the last let's say seven or eight years or so perspective wise about life in general has just made a massive shift for me personally and professionally, ultimately, mm-hmm. uh, but continuing to make a proactive effort to, to gain that perspective, somebody else's perspective, I think is really great. It's a good encouragement for all of our listeners. So uh, yeah, look for those opportunities, whether it's on yeah. Facebook or ide- more ideally, at least when we have the opportunity again to get out in person, yeah. um, to connect in person <laughs> with, with groups of, of business owners so that you can learn from them. Great, great suggestion. Yeah. Um, what about speaking of inspiration, education books? Mm -hmm. So do you have a favorite self-help book or business book that you can recommend to our listeners? (laughs) I know it's been said quite a few times on the Boca podcast, but 168 hours by Laura Vanderkam definitely was game changing for me. Um, and for my husband, just to learn how much we over and underestimate certain things in our minds, (laughs) I husband was just, was so crazy to me just that. You know, we say we work more than we do, which is probably true. Mm -hmm. You know, we think we take less free time than we, you know, we think we have less free time than we truly do just because of how we're spending our time. Um, and just, she challenges you to do the, the time logs. And so every so often I make myself do it again and I'm like, Oh, I just spent 45 minutes scrolling Instagram. Like (laughs) probably not the most productive thing I've done today, you know, or like, I put on a show at lunch, you know, just to have something sound like a Netflix show on at lunch and oh, it's been an hour and a half and it's still on and I have not returned to my desk yet, or things, <laughs> yep. which I'm sounding like a bad business owner now, but <laughs> it happens occasionally. Hey, to sure, of course. Um, so I just love that book. I think it was 
incredibly eye-opening and just to have someone really call call us out on Mm -hmm. something that I think a lot of us do and just prove to us that we do have time. Like we do have time to do something we want to do. We do have time to make changes in our business. And just like she really talks about, it's not that you don't have time. It's just that it's not a priority. Um, 100%. (laughs) That that sums it up beautifully because the number of times that I've heard from photographers that they're quote busy or mm-hmm. just people in general, personal or professional world, I'm busy. What, what does that mean? You just did, you know, you just spent how many hours on Facebook today and mm-hmm. you just went and did this thing and that thing. You just posted on social media. You did this other thing, but you're busy. Mm-hmm. Be honest with me. Like, tell me you don't want to hang out with me or you don't want to go to this meeting and hear the reasons why, yeah. or, you know, like be honest, but don't say you're busy. That's just a cop yeah. out. And, and frankly, not even that honest many times, either with me or with yourself, you know, so be honest. But I, I love that you point that out. It's we do have more time in a day in a week than we are acknowledging, or yes. at the very least, we could be using that time more efficiently. I mean, Tim Ferriss's book, The Four Hour Work Week, mm-hmm. has gotten a lot of bad rap for being, I think, kind of idealistic and simplistic. You know, how in the world could you run a business in four in four hours? By the way, it can't be done. I did it. But yeah. that being said, there what he was really trying to get at was you should learn to use your time more efficiently. Mm-hmm. So you do have a limited amount of time. How are you using yeah. that? And mm-hmm. there are ways like delegation and, out, and automation that can enable us to use that time more efficiently. It's good to highlight that. So we'll link to that book in the show notes, bocapodcast.com. And for anybody listening, if you haven't checked, checked it out yet, uh, Haley put together a really cool resource at bocabookshelf.com, which is like a collection of the most popular book recommendations on the podcast. So go check that out as well. Let's actually jump into our main topic though, Ashley. Um, And this is a really fun one because, and actually I'm kind of curious to get your take on this. Uh, I think I brought this up maybe in an interview yesterday, but there's this ad that's playing for masterclass uh, with Annie Leibovitz that is I've seen on Facebook and it's this quick clip. And she's saying, you know, photographers say that, that you should, it's on you as a photographer to make the client comfortable or the person, the subject in front of the camera comfortable. I don't believe that. And it's just this quick clip. So you don't really have context to the conversation at hand, but it was, it was interesting to me because on one side I can understand, especially with Annie and some of the celebrities that she photographs, she's trying to capture this persona or this personality that um, maybe is behind the facade that this particular Mm -hmm. sub celebrity is normally portraying. And so if they're uncomfortable in front of the camera, maybe we're going to get to see a side of them that we don't normally. If, mm-hmm. if that's the goal and there's actual like reason to do that, I get it. But for us as wedding and portrait photographers, helping a client feel comfortable in front of the camera means that the images that we get are likely going to be that much better. Wouldn't yes. you say? Definitely. A hundred percent. And I think that it is our response. I mean, I don't want to go against her. She's <laughs> do amazing. it. Do it. Um, I got your back. I, I think a large percentage of it is our responsibility. And I think a large percentage of what our clients are hiring us for is that, Mm. um, is the experience and the experience is being comfortable and enjoying the session and everything leading up to it and everything after. So I really believe that it is our customer service duty as photographers. It is our relational duty as people trying to have, you know, a good relationship with their clients and, um, I mean, I'm here to, to, to build a community. I want to build a community with my clients. And so that's not going to go well if they're not comfortable or they don't enjoy it. Right, or, right. Um, and I, I don't know if it's from something, but you know, it's, it's said a lot in our industry too. Like 
our clients are going to attach their experience to how much they like the photos. And if they didn't enjoy the experience that may come through in their, you know, opinions of the final product. And 100%. I'm an Enneagram too, which means I love positive encouragement <laughs> and praise. You positivity. Um, what? <laughs> I know. Um, it means I need a lot of positive reinforcement. And so my goal, I mean, one of my goals is that you're doing a great job, by the way, this, this oh, been a, it's, been a, it's been a good interview. Okay. <laughs> Whenever I tell people that, they always do that. <laughs> You're doing good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I do. I think a lot of it is our responsibility. I mean, um, and then the times where it is the client's responsibility, mm. it's still my responsibility to help educate them to get them to make good decisions. So the part that is their part is they're prepared for necessarily prepared to do what they need to do. Yeah. So when it comes to making them feel comfortable in front of the camera, I kind of have four main things that I think contributes to that. And two of them are actually way before we even get to the session. Um, And so I know it seems a little contradictory of getting them comfortable in front of the camera, but two of the four happen long before they ever arrive wherever we're going to photograph or arrive on their wedding day or whatever that looks like. And so the first one is kind of what we talked about at the beginning, which is the encouraging, um, empathetic, uplifting communication, those great emails <laughs> um, that we talked about. I think being positive from the start really sets the tone of what your relationship with them is going to look like, what your customer service relationship with them is going to look like, and just what all of your interactions with them are going to look like. It really starts the trust ladder of building trust with them. They're getting to know you. They're getting to know what the experience is going to look and feel like. If I send them a harsh email, but then showed up really bubbly, there'd be this disconnect of like, which person are you? Which I totally get. Again, we talked about with text messages and all of that. Like some people do text that way and that's not how they are in person or anything like that. But I don't want them to have any of those moments of doubt that I get about those kind of text messages. (laughs) So I want to save them from that if Mm -hmm. they are an Enneagram too, or anything like that, like me, I think fours player like that too. But so I really focused a lot on how I'm communicating with them beforehand and what positive things I'm putting on that. And mm-hmm. part of that is also positive resources. So like I'm sending them a style guide, I'm sending them a locations guide to help them pick out a location or brainstorm. I'm helping answer any questions they have. I'm helping, I'm trying to be as clear as possible when it comes to scheduling or meeting or how to get in contact with me or all of that. So I think the really positive communication leading up to it through the whole experience is super important, whether that's the pricing guide when, or the investment guide when they first inquire, our consultation, if it's like a wedding couple and we're talking before their wedding day yeah, or before any session we do together or anything like that. The second one, then this is a little off to left field, but The second one before the session is really personal branding, um, which I feel like, again, is one of those things where some people would be like, how is this connected? But I think having a really personable brand helps your clients be more comfortable in front of the camera because they're more comfortable around you. Mm. Um, So I am someone where like, if you follow along, and again, things are a little different right now based on how the world is, but um, if you follow along, like, a lot of my clients, they're going to know what I look like before I show up at a session because they've seen my face either on Insta stories or in the feed, which is very hard for a lot of photographers. And I did not put myself in the feed for a long time. So I get that. And they are going to know what my voice sounds like because we've talked on the phone or on FaceTime, or they've listened to me talk on stories, um, which means they're probably going to know some of my demeanor too. Like 
I'm talking on Instagram stories like we're talking now. You know, I'm talking like I would be as if I'm having a conversation, which means you're not just showing up and having a session with some girl you never met, right? right. Um, and even if we didn't have the chance to connect on FaceTime before, like say it's just a family session, but if they followed along on my website, on my Instagram, they've either read my my voice I don't know if that's quote unquote, but my voice or they've read or listened to something that gives them a little indication of my personality, my demeanor, how I'm going to act, how I'm going to communicate around them. And they're going to know fun facts about me because I am not shy in sharing little things about day-to-day life, little things about me. And my whole goal with that is not just to talk about myself. (laughs) I like to talk, but I don't necessarily love to talk about myself, but It is just to get them to have potentially some connection point because again, the more people will be more comfortable around you if they feel like they have something in common with you, Mm. if they feel like they have something to talk about with you. And it's crazy now to the point where like I get clients who have something so specific in common with me that they feel bonded to me before we even talked, which is so fun. So One example is I have a pet rabbit. (laughs) I have a bunny and I had a wedding couple last year who booked me because they also had a pet bunny and they loved that I shared the pet bunny. Their bunny was a part of their wedding day, which I loved. We did engagement photos with their bunny. So sweet. Christina and Tony, I love them. But I just love that that bonded them to me Mm -hmm. before. Like, I think they wrote it in their inquiry email. They were like, we saw your bunny. We have a bunny too. Like we're, or, you know, I think I have on my website where I went to college because that's where I met my husband and I get couples right in and they're like, we went to that school too. Like that's where we met. Okay, Just having something that feel, they feel connected to before you get to a session, Mm -hmm. I feel like really helps them feel like they know whether they know you more than we've actually talked or they have something to talk to you about when we get to the session as well. And I try to do my homework too, so that I have something to talk to them about. But if we have that in common as well. I'm I'm curious though, what do you think? So, I mean, that's really interesting to me that they, that the client booked you largely anyway, because you shared a similar pet. Um, Yes. They wouldn't know that, obviously, unless you're sharing that. But I think mm-hmm. at the same time, our industry has gone in this direction. A lot of photographers spend so much time, I mean, th- th- even on the homepage of their website, talking about themselves and their mm-hmm. favorite food and this thing and that. I'm like, I, are you a photographer? Or are you just there to talk about yeah. yourself? Like, are you, a what, yeah, are you, are you there you to take care of the client? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? what is, so I feel like we've gone to an extreme. I get that the motivation behind it, well, at least I think it is, largely um, rooted in a great place, which is let's be, as you're saying, more personable or personable. Mm-hmm. Um, but where is the balance between it, that and then also just making sure that we're first of all here to serve the client yeah. as a photographer. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to spend time writing copy for our website, let's focus first on how we serve that client. Um, at mm-hmm. least that's the direction that I tend to lean, but what are your thoughts on the balance between those things? Yeah, I totally agree. It is a balance. I think some people get overwhelmed and think that I'm suggesting that they just need to share every part of their life um, (laughs) and do it right away and do it always. And that's definitely not the case. I will say I agree with you. Sometimes when when you open a website and you're like, am I, is that the photographer? Is that a client they've shot? You know, like who who are we looking at? I, I, again, my hope is also that it's there to serve them and get that connection point. Right. Right. Yeah. My clients always know that that's why I'm there. I'm there for them. And I'm, and that is communicated through language on my website. That's communicated through 
telling the stories of my couples on social media. That's through all of that. I really see it as just letting someone into snippets of your life. So okay. it's a balance. I'm, I'm not, my platform is not there for me to tell them all about them. My platform is to show off beautiful pictures of them, um, hopefully communicate with future couples and mm-hmm. then let all of those people into special little snippets of my life. I do say I probably do a lot more than some people in that generally I write a lot of things that I want to communicate to them. So I'm a big believer in your caption does not have to be about what your photo is like on Instagram or anything like that. So I will write a lot of personal captions. It's just what works for me, though. I don't think that everyone needs to do that. But I think at the end of the day, those little captions, like my clients respond. You know, my clients Mm. respond. They respond to something I'm talking about. They respond to a question I'm asking. And I... I feel like it just feels like this nice, long, continual coffee conversation with them where I'm telling a story and they're having something to relate to and we're getting to know each other better by the time we get to the wedding day or whoever's following along might not be engaging in the conversation, but they're still seeing it and it's still in the back of their mind that there is some sort of connection point. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, even in your Instagram feed, I had to, to scroll down a little ways to even find a post about your bunny. So it's not like you're constantly talking about your bunny, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. Um, or, he is on my stories. <laughs> oh, and yeah, sure. And but that's I mean that's a great thing about stories too is you can kind of post anything there and it's there for a little bit and then it goes away. So but it seems as though you've you've struck a good balance and the fact that clients are actually responding mm-hmm. speaks to the benefit of being that personal. Um, you know, I know that I bring this up quite a bit in the podcast episodes. I don't want anybody listening in to, to, to think that I'm suggesting minimizing the personal mm-hmm. element of our engagement with our clients, because um, I'm the first person to want to connect with somebody and have a great conversation. And I, I'm kind of an open book, too. I'll pretty much just like blurt out anything yeah. um, if, oh, I, yeah. if given the opportunity. <laughs> but at the same time, we should be prioritizing serving the clients, number one. And I know I mentioned it ad nauseum at this point, but uh, Donald Miller, Building a Story Brand. This book talks mm-hmm. about the significance of making the client the, the hero. That's what we need to be doing first. And then, yes, there's an opportunity to connect on a personal level. And, and you're doing that very thing. And obviously, well enough that you're even booking clients be, uh, from it. So that's pretty exciting, too. Coming back, though, to helping clients feel comfortable. So mm-hmm. the first two steps, and I, I was taking notes as you were talking. The first two steps, we could we could almost like put under the umbrella of setting a tone, right? Like you're, yes. you're setting the tone with positive messaging, number one. And then you're setting the tone with a personal or personable brand or branding, the way that you're interacting with your clients. That's even before you're in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there are a couple of other principles I know you're going to bring up. And is this more relevant to when you're actually standing in front of the client with a camera? Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, So one of the two is actually kind of carrying on from the earlier one, the pre-session ones, and that is constant communication. So I everyone, nobody likes an awkward silence. No. <laughs> Let's be real here. Like nobody, I mean, there are a few people that love peace and solitude and quiet and I wish I was one of them, <laughs> but I, I am one of those people who needs noise with the exception of a few specific activities where I need quiet to focus or write or anything like that. But I love sound. I love, I'm a, like I said, I'm a two. I love positive <laughs> reinforcement. I love um, just having a conversation. And so that positive communication that we've had before the session is going to start the second that they arrive in person. So that's greeting them positively. That's connecting with them. That's talking to them about how their day was. 
leading up to the session that's affirming their outfit choices, affirming this location, affirming that the light is going to look, you know, the light looks great, affirming that they're going to, they're going to get great photos out of this. Um, it's really continuing that exclamation mark based yes. <laughs> email communication yep. in person. Okay. And now they're getting to live it out in person. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and that builds that trust again, because again, my in-person demeanor is matching all of the emails I've sent before, yep. all of the communication we've had before that, especially if I haven't talked to them on the phone or met them yet. It is just reaffirming that and continually building trust. And I mean, everyone likes to hear that they look good. Like, Let's be real. <laughs> it's true. Well, I mean, yeah, back to the what's um, how to win friends and influence people, that classic yes. book by Dale Carnegie. And he talks about not not just, I guess, the general overarching idea of focusing on the other person, helping them feel important, but even calling them by their name. I mean, if, if yes, you're I was fo- going to say he talks about their name. Yep. Yeah, you're photographing them, calling them by name. But you're so right about this, giving affirmation consistently throughout and not just yes. letting them hear that click click, click, or maybe a lack yes. of click, especially if you're mirrorless, but like where there's little to no interaction. Now they're standing there and they're like, is he even, or is she even photographing me or what, yes. like, am I doing it wrong or right? Or, and you leave them insecure. And that's the last thing that you want if you want them feeling comfortable and ultimately emotive in front of the camera. So that that's yes. a great recommendation. Great reminder. Yeah. And I will say like, it's a learning curve. It takes time to get to that point where you feel comfortable talking that much. Like I'm pretty much talking through the whole session. I will say I had to relearn it, not recently, but in the last couple of years when I integrated film into my work, because Mm. that takes time. Like I'm stopping to roll film and I realized that I was I was being quiet, like while I was doing it. And because I'm I'm thinking about the film, I'm thinking about the next shot. I'm thinking about you know, I have 16 shots until I need to change it again. And I realized I was internally thinking a lot and I was leaving it quiet. Mm. And so I kind of had to relearn. I want to call it a workflow, but just kind of the experience workflow a little bit again on like, I need to keep talking, you know, I need to keep engaging in conversation with them, keeping them reaffirmed, keeping them up to date on what I'm thinking about doing next, Mm -hmm. if we're going to move locations, if Mm -hmm. we need to change outfits. So really just that continual conversation, I think goes a long way. My favorite thing is when we get to the end of the session and the groom is like, that wasn't that bad. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, 100%. that is the highest praise you can get from a groom who had no interest or a dad at a family session yes. or whoever spouse it was that was not <laughs> excited to take photos um, or whatever kid or teenager or anything that was not excited to do photos when or groomsman or bridesmaid or anything when they were like, that wasn't that bad. I'm like, that is the highest praise possible. I used to, you know, internalize it as a two and be like, uh, they said the word bad. <laughs> like, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That is a great no, thing. No, it's a good like, thing. And part of that comes from working efficiently. And part of working efficiently, I mean, it really does require in this context, communication, consistent yes. communication, because it not only helps manage the client's expectations, but ultimately they're most of these people aren't models you can't expect yeah. them to just do the thing and you're like i and it kills me when photographers are like just act happy or some variation oh, yeah. of that, no. or or <laughs> just you know be like you would at home and without yeah. any kind of specific instruction that helps guide them and ultimately help mm-hmm. them feel comfortable so yeah 100 percent constant consistent communication all the difference in the world what about the fourth principle take us to that Yeah. So fourth, I would say confident control. So Mm. I try my best to stay in control of the situation. I will say I'm not asking them a lot of approval questions at this point in the process because I think they've hired me to do my thing um, and do what I'm good at and what they see online and what they've seen in my portfolio. 
I that's not to say that they don't get a say in anything. Um, <laughs> they definitely get a say. They get a say in where we're doing the session, what they wait. You know, I, I like, give man, them Ashley's tips. such a control freak. Yeah. What is <laughs> going on here? No, I, I yeah, I, I hope I hope no one takes that. <laughs> Just I'm playing um, with you. But I up until this point, everything's been suggestions, so they can take they can choose to take it or not, and okay. I will do what I can with it. But yeah. at the session, I they don't want to think, you know, nobody wants to think at that point. Like again, and like you said, they're not models. Like when I've been in front of the camera and we're about to get our photos done again soon this summer, I am like, I need someone to tell me what to do. Like I do this for a living. I know how to pose people where it's flattering. But when you're there, you don't know what looks good from the other person's perspective. Mm. You don't know what looks good in terms of light or location or any of that. Like even as a photographer, when you're on the other side, all you can think about is like, does my face look weird? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> am I standing funny? Like, does this look good? And so that is where I think it's our responsibility as photographers to take confident control. And I, again, I don't know if control is the right world, but a confident lead in that I'm not asking them unless they have expressed prior that they want to have a large say in things. Um, I am, I am explaining to them what I'm doing, I am sometimes explaining why if I feel like they're the kind of couple or they're the kind of person that would love an explanation. You know, I'll explain what we're going to head over here. The light is amazing at this time. That spot's better at, right at sunset or things like that. I'm explaining little things that will help reaffirm that I know what I'm talking about okay. so they can trust me. Yeah. Again, that trust ladder, <laughs> like we just keep moving on up. And I am guiding them so they don't have to think through it because again, they're not paying to make decisions. They're paying to get pretty photos and have a good experience while they're doing it. And I know for me, like, unless you are a really, really big control freak, people like to be spoiled. And I feel like mm -hmm. it's almost a version of being spoiled mm -hmm. of like, who doesn't love like getting taken out on a date where you don't have to think about anything. Yep. They just take you to your favorite places. You have a great time, you yep. know, like, um, or a vacation, like it, you don't want to have to plan every second. You, right. I just would love to show up and have someone be like, these are all the amazing fun things we're doing. Yep. So yeah. that's what I want a session to be like. I okay. want it to be like, I am their guide. That's probably a better word. Not control. A confident guide. <laughs> confident no, that's good. guide. Yeah. No, that's, that's really, and you put that a really great way, I think too, where you, it, they can kind of give up any responsibility of performing in any particular way. And you're just confidently guiding them along. Um, I, I would love that. I mean, I would love to yeah. just be, I, there is like, you were kind of like you were describing like a sense of being taken care of, right. Where mm -hmm. you don't have to shoulder the responsibility of that particular moment. You, Ashley, the photographer, you are guiding them along. I think, I think mm -hmm. that's a really great, great recommendation. This has been really helpful, really practical. Yeah, and okay. and I like it too, because it's driven by principle. You and I were talking about this before we hit yes. the record button. It'd be really easy for you to just throw out a few tips and tricks and, you know, almost like candy, um, to, for, for the, for our listeners to consume. And then they go and they do those things, but then they don't know what's underneath all of that. I love that you share principles, um, that they can then okay. apply in their own special way to their business. This has been really good stuff. Um, you mentioned okay. earlier that you've got a podcast that you're yes. in the process of launching. Will you just share about that briefly with our listeners? Yes. So I am in the process of launching a podcast with another hybrid photographer. Her name is Christine Herman. Okay. And we are launching a podcast called Dare to Develop um, for photographers, wedding industry professionals, and creatives. Our whole about is surrounded with daring and developing. So daring to take risks in your business and do awesome things and developing community because it really is a lonely world. A lot of the times in this wedding industry and the creative 
entrepreneur industry. And so Christine and I, each with our own businesses, wanted to come together and just really create a space for creatives to learn from other creatives who have either dared to do something or develop something amazing developed courageously in their business and in their communities. So we are launching that soon, which will be quarter two of 2020 for whenever anyone's listening. And we are very excited. We have a lot of amazing industry professionals lined up who we will be interviewing and hearing about how they did that in their business, as well as talking about some daring and developing things we've done in our own businesses as well. And they're going to be able to find that. I mean, first of all, the website, just shout out yes. to, to the podcast, dare to develop podcast.com. We'll put that in the yeah. show notes. And, um, and then will this be out on kind of all the, the podcast yes. platforms or, or apps yes. rather? Uh-huh. It'll be on the iTunes podcast and wherever else you can find a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, there've been, I know as pop, as podcasts have become more popular, um, I've heard about various podcasts from different people and I go to look them up on like the one that I use most, most commonly is called pocket casts. Okay. And, um, and I'm like, I can't find the, I can't find the podcast in here. I think some podcasters are pushing it out to Apple and then maybe kind of stopping there. Um, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I'm glad that it's going to be out on, on all the platforms. Yes. And, uh, of course we'll link to again, the website and probably at least one of those platforms, uh, in the show yes, notes at vocalpodcast.com awesome. for anybody who's curious. And then remind us again of your photography site and social media. So our listeners can follow you. Yeah, thank you. So my business is just my name. It's ashleybaumgartner.com is the website. B-A-U-M-G-A-R-T-N-E-R. Ashley the normal way I like to say. <laughs> and my Instagram is Ash Baumgartner. Ashley Baumgartner was taken. So <laughs> we went with the the nickname, but Ash Baumgartner. And then Ash Baumgartner is most of my social media across the board. So Facebook and Pinterest and I think even a TikTok, but I don't know what I'm doing over there. <laughs> and all the fun things. Um, and then I actually didn't have a chance to mention, but I have a small shop associated with the wedding calligraphy side of my business okay. that I launched this year as well called The Bomb Shop, B-A-U-M, like my last name. That's cool. And that is tanks and mugs for brides-to-be, which has been a fun little side project as well. So some little gifty things. I've had some photographers buy them as like client gifts, which has been really fun too to see how other photographers are sharing it with their clients as mm-hmm. well. And that, I mean, I know I'm seeing it on um, your regular site. Is there a separate site for that as well? Um, it's an Etsy shop. So you okay. can search Ash Baumgartner or The Bomb Shop on Etsy and it'll come up. Cool. We'll put that in the show notes too. Thank you again, thank Ashley, you. for hanging out with me today. This has been a lot of fun. Yes. Thank you so much, Nathan. It's been such a treat to be on the Boca Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.